Hello everyone and welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast. This week we've got some great guests, but before we get into all that, let's just kind of reflect because the purpose of the Like-Minded Podcast is to promote performing arts in Merseyside and the Northwest. We're really about sparking ideas, promoting collaborations and highlighting some great local talent. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. And with me, I have my co-host, the fiery filly from the Fylde, Caitlin. Caitlin, how are you? Hello, I am fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. What have you been up to this week? Have you got over your uh, broken heart on Valentine's? Have you picked yourself up and starting again? I still can't believe you said that. I'm fuming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not over it yet. <laughs> yes, well, I'm I, fine. I tell you, I, I was really disappointed at the poor planning um, with my local garage because I called in and there was no ropey last minute flowers there. So how poor planning is, is that? It's rubbish that. Yeah, I managed to pick absolutely. up flowers for myself at the co-op if that makes you feel better. Right, come on, let, let's get on with it because okay. this week we've got the people from uh, Paperwork, uh, Paperwork Theatre with us. Now, Paperwork Theatre, I would say, looking at their websites and the things that they've done, they're all about bold events, joyful, playful things, and it's all about that kind of human touch, and we're going to explore that today. So with us, we have Hayley Greggs. Hayley, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, and we have Nicole Bean. Nicole, how are you? I'm absolutely loving my Friday evening with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's a point, actually. We don't really, um, we don't normally record on Fridays. We we like a kind of weekends. We like blurry uh, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoons. But we made an exception with you guys because we wanted this to happen as soon as uh, possible. Thanks, we guys. We really appreciate it. You've got me at the best moments. I'd be asleep <laughs> by Sunday. Think you've got right. me the worst, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll see what well, happens. Well, let's start then because we, we've got so much to, to, to talk about here. I wanted to make sure we get through it as much as possible. But let's start with the genesis of paperwork theatre. And you must have been the two naughtiest kids in, in class or whatever. So tell us about this one when it started. Um, I definitely was not the naughtiest kid in class. I was really well behaved. <laughs> um, but um, but we are quite um, mischievous, yes. Uh, we are very playful in what we do. Um, yeah, we formed back in uh, 2014. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, gosh, six years ago now. And um, back then it was about um, not re really wanting to be making new work and um, not really sure how to get some of our work on the stage. We're, mm. we're, we're both very, um, our, um, our influences are very similar in terms of, um, we were only talking about this the other day, weren't we, Nick, when I was saying, you know, influences for Nicole might be going to a really cool bar in Glastonbury and for me it's like going to a 1940s blitz party where they recreate the raids like we're both yeah. really like it's not just theatre we love we love sort of that kind of culture and getting involved yeah. and stuff yeah. and so naturally our work from then has always had that sort of playful quality to him 
So were you, were you graduates? Because you were at the Everyman yeah. uh, Youth Theatre then, was it? We weren't at the Youth Theatre. We I graduated from John Moores University um, and Nicole was a Hope Uni graduate. Um, we met because we worked at the Everyman and Playhouse um, where we both worked with the young Everyman and Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. weren't quite young enough <laughs> to, to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so at the time, Hayley was uh, working for the literary department or the new way department as it's known now like developing writers professional writers and young writers and working on you know the main stage shows and I was working for theatre and community as it was known then um Mm. in in an administrative role but kind of getting my hands into everything facilitating working with young people working with communities and it was just fantastic because at the time we had these amazing jobs where we could access everything that was happening on the main stages meet all these amazing people and also go, how do we fit into mm. this scene? So yeah. we were like, well, let's start making our own stuff. And it really just went from there. So the, you know, the early stuff was, um, you know, street theatre, we did performance trails, we had shows in red telephone boxes, yeah. you know, yeah. working with those like local artists, local companies, like light night, things to get shows on. And then I suppose a turning point for us might have been 2016, we became supported artists at the Octagon Theatre in Bolton. Wow! And and when we were there, we got mentored by the producer, Deborah Dickinson. It was just kind of fantastic and and took us from being kind of like a couple of artists Mm. to a real company and how we wanted to speak about work, how we wanted to make work with a mission and vision and values. And, and, you know, we made this this interactive show. For some reason, it was about football, which is still beyond me because we don't even like football. But we made this show (laughs) that was set in in like the format of a football match and took audiences around the whole of Bolton Town Centre. Through the format of the football match, so we met in the the locker room, and then there was kickoff, and then a half time, the whole audience were given like oranges and water to take a break, and and we just kind of really explored this interactive promenade theatre. Yeah, and then that was a real turning point for us. And then you know, since then we've we've kind of maintained that regional um, outlook with our work. We were you know we worked at Manchester, Bolton, right across Cheshire, Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, the goal is kind of world domination, really. But <laughs> start in the north yeah. and go from there. And what a great place to start. And I, I love the way you do the kind of non-traditional venues like parks yeah. and, uh, you know, places. Mm. How did you get into that? What What was the motivation behind that? Well, it, it, well, it was um, kind of our influences of what we've liked before, but also um, that kind of not quite knowing how to get our work on the stage yet. And um, mm. we, we combined that with this idea that we wanted people to be accessing art. And, and hence we, we started <laughs> putting plays in red phone boxes. Mm. And, and from there, you know, I think both of us think a lot when, when we're making work about how our audience engage with us. We often talk about them being like active participants in our work. Um, and quite often we're always thinking about personally we we are influenced by amazing companies like Slunglow, um lay Terrible, all those companies that create work that are that have such a strong sense of self and they might be outdoors or they might uh, create an immersive piece of theater um and i think that's just rubbed off on us really yeah and it's it's that kind of 
getting people to engage with art and sometimes you've got to take art out to people instead of sitting there and waiting oh, for people to absolutely. I mean, you know, there's people who won't go into mm. theatres because they think it's not for them. I mean, when we're in the real world and out of the pandemic, one of my favourite things is whenever I get an Uber to the Everyman, if I'm, you know, running a youth theatre session or doing some freelance work there, I always go, have you ever been in here? And if they're like, no, I'm like, why not? Why don't you come? <laughs> don't <laughs> these drivers have not been the theatre and it's my mission to change it. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, those buildings <laughs> offer everyone the, the community-owned spaces, but I think sometimes people might not realise that or think you need to dress a certain way to like theatre. And, and yeah. I think for us, yeah. was to, to reclaim theatre for, for everyone, really. So we went, well, why don't we just put it in different places? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So we've we've taught um, you know a children's show to to libraries right across the northwest mm -hmm. and and engaged family audiences who might never take their kids to the theatre. This could be the first experience you've had of seeing yeah. a show or put yeah. a street theatre show on the tours through the city centre. We, you know, we took our typhoon and the pedal players out one light night and we had a um, hundred people doing the conga. <laughs> or Church Street to an S Club 7 song and you go that is just as valuable as theatre as what you might find on the main stage of yes. the Empire or something so there's Absolutely it is. there's a one for us to get people involved really yeah so it's mm. like bringing theatre to them yeah, <laughs> you want fun we'll go it to we'll bring yeah. it to you <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I love that and when you when you got into paperwork theatre as an organization as a company what i see is that you break the work down into three very specific components of theater community and uh, artist opportunities which i which i think is is great foresight and great support and i want to cover each of those so let's start with the theater aspect and what's the uh, what's the latest on that because obviously that's been the quietest area of of um, of, of late. So we're up to it with that. Were the things that were put on hold? What's what's happening? So we were making um, a brand new studio show because we're not going to work in theatre buildings as well. That would be nice. We might, you know, escape the rain and things. Um, but obviously then the world just decided to shut down. Um, so um, that's been our latest show, Deep Blue, has been postponed. Um, although um, we're having a wonderful time um, sort of continuing to work with creatives online. Um, this week we've been working with our bands. So that's going to, Deep Blue is going to be um, a show with songs, um, which explores um, the loneliness pandemic. Um, we had a loneliness pandemic before, um, yeah. the loneliness epidemic before we had a pandemic even. Um, no, you, you were ahead of your time there. We're ahead I, of our I time. understand it, <laughs> that, that's about loneliness, isolation, and yeah. you know, people with vulnerable mental health. Um, my God, that's never been needed more than it is now. Absolutely, yeah, I don't know. I'm worried I may have jinxed things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping we'll just stick with it being relevant for now. Um, yeah. yeah. I Sorry. mean, we're hoping to get that on in, in spring and all being well, we'll be able to release some details soon after kind of the next mm. government announcements come out. But we've got... Uh, a great creative team who were already engaged in the project before lockdown. So we've got four really talented actor musicians, um, three of which are Northwest based, 
Um, we work with a great designer called Sasha Gilmore, who is creating our set and costume and all that is just kind of, it's on paper, it's there, it's ready to go. And we're working with um, Liverpool-based rock band called the Mono LPs as musical directors who are kind of creating this kind of indie rock folk soundtrack that will kind mm -hmm. of go underneath the whole thing. So we're so excited at the time we can get into a room and then get out to audiences, but what it looks like it's going to be now is um, we'll create it as a piece of theatre and we'll film it so we can put it out yeah. digitally. And then it's made at a time when we can safely get those audiences back on bums, on seats and with us in a room. But it just feels like the themes that it is, it needs to get out there. It and needs to happen now, yeah. yeah. It does, it does. Yeah. And I noticed from that as well, um, you are not scared in mu using music throughout your, your productions. Um, you, you know, that that's not for everyone. Like-minded, we shied away from um, music, mainly because we've heard Caitlin singing, and my God... How did I know that was coming? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't it's take this. A, you know, it's not an audience winner at all. Yeah, so. It's easier just to take it than to start an argument. Do <laughs> <laughs> a Jackie Weaver and just kick him out. <laughs> oh my god what did you say you don't belong here you've got no authority here you've got no authority here read the standing orders read them well uh, let's move on to uh, let's move on to the uh, community work and um uh, some of the stuff that, that you were telling me about that, that just sounds fantastic in, in particular tell me about the women's drama group and the development of that I mean, the Women's Drama Group has been something we wanted to, to begin last year, which was to go alongside Deep Blue. We go, we've got the show about loneliness. Let's try and tackle loneliness in our communities. Um, I used to work with a Women's Drama Group over in Bolton for about a year and a half. And it was it was really great. And I was always wondering, why aren't I doing this closer to home with women in my community as well? Because the benefits were so, were so wonderful. Um, so we did. Um, so as much as we waited until we could get in a, in a physical room with people, we just thought it's now's the time more than ever that we need to be connecting. So we we hooked up with the Liverpool F Manor Playhouse um, who have this great partnership with Life Rooms. And they have this whole um, scheme of projects that they run weekly with people who are vulnerable or people might, who might just want to connect with others, take part in something artistic, just to really benefit mental health and well-being. So... And um, they helped us recruit a group of participants. And, you know, we started on a 10 week project um, about the places and spaces we feel connected to. Yeah. So Hayley being our creative writing genius um, you know, <laughs> helped the group develop these stories. And then I kind of directed each of the pieces. And then we brought in a music producer called Keely Ray. She's a fantastic local artist. And then she, met with each of the women in the group and created an original kind of underscore electronic music to go with each of the pieces. And so all together it formed like a 15 minute audio experience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna say we listened to it back last week mm. and everyone was in tears because yeah. the feedback was, it was like, it was like being in a theater, like that shared experience that we haven't had for so long. Yeah. Oh. And that kind of thing of like, you know, we haven't been getting out to see places. So listening to work that was taking you somewhere else was really lovely and really like um, 
just freeing you know it was it was really lovely and the, the the group is so incredibly talented like you can listen to the audio piece now we shared it on our social media and things this week so um the work of the group is just fantastic there's such um fantastic writers and performers Mm. and is this carrying on now are you looking to um for people to join Uh, tell us a little bit more about the future yes we are we are actually just about to start a a five-week project um and rather than making an audio piece we're making a film piece and which we hope to release um for international women's day so Mm. yes if you are interested in joining our um women's drama group uh drop us a message um at info at paperworktheatre.co.uk um, obviously our places are limited but yes there are still a few spaces yeah. left at the moment good and I, I get the feedback from yourselves that you're just loving being a part of it as well and it's quite mm. you know it's, yeah. it's emotional and it's cathartic and it's all those things it, it's just a laugh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I mean you know one alongside directing I love facilitating I work an awful lot with young people a lot with adults and communities Uh, Not as an in-between job between shows because I genuinely love using drama um, Mm. to bring people together and create positive experiences. And that is something I wasn't expecting to miss as much as I have. Like not being able to be in a room full of people to, you know, to to run a workshop. And actually, I think I've had just as many benefits in delivering it as I have, as I would have attending it. Mm. Um, You know, myself and Hayley have just found it a great way to keep creative and connect. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And are, are there other kind of workshops like that that, that you do in the, in the community or you intend to do? Because I, I see it as part of your kind of legacy of building talent and, and skills and training within the community as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, we've got a couple of community based projects in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. paused a little bit at the moment but we yeah. um, you know, we've had a couple of commissions from Curious Minds to work with young people. Um, so we created this, we called it the creative actually, it was a lockdown toolkit to get creative in lockdown for like 10 to 13 year olds who were transitioning kind of between schools and between yeah. school years and maybe finding themselves a little bit lost of where they're mm-hmm. going to go next. Um, so we, you know, we employed freelance artists to create workshops that young people could do at home alone, created them with a um, like a, a 24 page zine online videos yeah. and then sent those out. I think we've reached... 300 we've sent 300 physical kits out to young people in in liverpool so far we've got an upcoming project with stanley park um to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the park which actually was last year but we've not been (laughs) able to get out to celebrate so that is going to be about um working with people in the community to get their memories and stories of the park as a as kind of a local yeah like oh. audio histories and then they're going to be placed another performance trail we love them they're going to be placed <laughs> kind of around the park on a qr code trail oh um, i love that <laughs> yeah so we worked with sammy park last year to get twisted out which was our dark digital quest mm. kind mm. of fairy tale horror quest and um, and you know, we kind of applied for the next opportunity through them and, and we're looking to build that partnership. So we always have these loads of little kind of things going on um, at once, but then our women's group is kind of like the long-standing project that yeah. we want to continue really long-term, yeah. That's that's fantastic. Now, let's touch on the, the third element because I, I, loads of people listening will, will be interested in this. 
and that's the um, opportunities uh, for, for artists that, that I've seen. Mm. And it's nice to see that you kind of pull a lot of things together on your website. There's a lot of opportunities there. Um, and some of the stuff that I've seen in the past started with play dates. So let, let, mm. let, talk me through, um, please, so I can get it clear in my head. The play dates, the kind of um, script surgeries and, and the development of, of that kind of artist support from there. Yeah, I mean, that kind of all started um, because, you know, Nicole and I were going, traveling a lot to London or Manchester to, you know, either network or to upskill, mm-hmm. um, which is quite, you know, it's a chunk of time and um, it takes a lot of money. And actually, there's some fantastic um, also support across the country. And we kind of wanted to have a little bit of that closer to home. Um, and at the time when artist opportunities formed, um, there wasn't anything quite like that in Liverpool. Obviously, there's lots of wonderful things springing up now. Um, but we just kind of took the initiative then to, to start our Playdate series. So Playdates are um, skills workshops for artists uh, Northwest who are not Northwest based. Um, and uh, they give you a great chance to meet local creatives as well. Um, when, before the world closed down, um, we were working with um, the Young Vic in London to deliver some masterclasses as part of our Playdate series. So we did a workshop with the wonderful Frantic Assembly. And then we've paused a couple um, until, until we can all be back in a room together. And we've always had wonderful support from like the Everman and Playhouse who've always offered us space there to run them. Um, and even the Unity Theatre who always gives us shout out when we've got something going on. And we've just found that during lockdown, um, those uh, we moved everything online when, when we had to all work from home. Yeah, yeah. And that's been really valuable for artists to continue um, developing skills, sort of keeping in touch with your fellow creatives you know so you're not feeling isolated and that's really been valuable during lockdown and then yes you mentioned um, we have our script surgeries as well Mm. so um, our script surgeries are run in association with the new works department at the Everyman and Playhouse Theatre and they are a chance for writers who are working on something new to get some dramaturgical feedback Um, so you would send us 15 pages um, Mm. and on the last Wednesday of the month you can book a 30 minute appointment with me or Francesca from the Everyman and we'll um, we'll have a little chat about your extract and how you can move forward with the next draft and things like that. Wow, what a fantastic opportunity that is, yeah. I heard, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, again, it, it is just as valuable to us mm-hmm. <laughs> as it yeah. is to the guys that we're working with. I absolutely love reading people's work. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then finally, there's teacup commissions. So... Our teacup commissions are um, a micro fund, uh, which is available for Northwest creatives to pitch and win. Um, so we started this fund. Oh, we launched it last year. We had our very first pitch night in January um, when we were all allowed to be in a room together. (laughs) Um, And the idea... Now, I'm spotting spotting a a theme here. Every time you do something and start something, there is a global pandemic. (laughs) No, it wasn't really in the three-year plan. I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. 
But we have been able to move them online. That's been the beauty. And actually moving them online has been fantastic because mm. we've just had a much bigger reach. So um, we start, we in the space of a year, you know, we've, um, we're on to round seven. We're raising money for round seven for an artist to, to win up to £200 to kickstart a new idea. Um, yeah. So, yes. If you if you if you can spare a couple of pennies, <laughs> help yeah. us raise money for round seven, and we can get um, a local artist um, working on a brand new idea. So yeah. how does that work? Does somebody pitch the? How do you go about that? We so we will announce. Really, yeah, when the cup full, when the cups the magical virtual cup now is full, we um we literally open open applications and and anyone can apply. You've got to be over eighteen, northwest based. And most importantly for us, you've got to be a practicing theatre maker. Um, so whether you're a company, a collective or an individual artist, theatre's got to be your profession. Um, what it's not, what's not a fun for is a community group or, or a school group or students, just because so many of those groups are already part of an organisation or part of a support network. And what we're really trying to do is reach artists who might be working individually or not attached to a, a huge organisation to kind of kickstart start individual projects so you apply it's a really big application form it's um, a <laughs> one minute video you've got to send you just love your it. paperwork i love it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's your name your email address and a one minute video that's all we need um oh wow i know so then me and Haley and our the third leg of paperwork um shifra who's our complete director um we judge them and then we judge them individually throw in our top three and then we pick the top yeah, three to move yeah. through to the finals. And I mean, this these three finalists that we've just had, um, it was so mixed. You got like, this like young female emerging company, another local company become quite established now, wanting to make a totally different piece of work. And then like some, some really established artists who've really been trying to help um, freelancers during lockdown. So the, the writers of the Everman and Playhouse pantomime. <laughs> um, and you ju it just shows at the moment how how many artists are there really trying to work mm -hmm. individually and keep going during the pandemic and, and can benefit from this type of support. And what was lovely is even though we can only award, you know, one winner, there was over 800 votes. Mm -hmm. 800 wow. people have seen those projects and been talking about those projects and sharing them online. And you just go, that online presence is just... Yeah, that's enough in itself in a way, yeah. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's helping people spread the word. And actually, what was so lovely is all three of them finalists kept doing shout outs for each other about oh. how much they liked each other's work. I just and, love theatre. And, and it's just, just love you know, it. it's, it's what we always wanted through our work is to create a creative community. And it just feels like that is doing it at the moment. Those, you know, these schemes are, are creating a community. Like, even our play dates we ask people what they want on a play date. We're not just trying to peddle workshops that people should come to because we're putting them on. We're yeah. saying, who do you want a workshop mm. from? Yeah. Oh, you want Frantic Assembly? Okay, we'll go get them. <laughs> who do yeah. you, what do you so want to led learn? by the participants. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. It's got to be. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's one-sided. And, you know, we ask people what they would value. And and actually, I got, I got contacted by March for the Arts last summer, which is a... It starts as a voluntary organisation. They've just become a CIC. You know, fantastic group of local freelancers there to support freelancers. And they said, could you run a funding workshop mm. for artists? Because so many of us 
haven't done it before you guys have and I was like yeah okay then and it I think it and it's free and it's sold out within like 40 minutes or an hour or so it's like oh we've already got 30 participants so since then I've run two arts council funds in play dates which have been fully subscribed each time and I think we realized like we have a skill set now that we can share with people yeah. I mean underlying yeah. is so difficult at the moment but it's even more difficult if you've never done it before so we're just doing whatever we can to help other artists and make our own work at the same time like it, it's an ecosystem yeah. yeah the more people who are making the more people we can employ to be in our stuff and mm. we can help them with their stuff and we want liverpool to be yeah. thriving so yeah no, absolutely fantastic so um people wanting to know about paperwork theater um give us the details of your social media your website give us all that please <laughs> So our website is www.paperworktheatre.co.uk and you can just search for us on Facebook, Paperwork Theatre and on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Paperwork T. Fantastic. Now, as we record this, it's the 19th of February. There's going to be an announcement after the weekend about the roadmap out of the pandemic. Mm. So what do you think the future holds for paperwork theatre? Oh, <laughs> it's been a really heavy week, you know. Yeah, um, we were planning on sort this out Monday. Yeah, in, in, in the short term, I mean, we're doing well because we're still, we're running our artist opportunities, mm. we're getting out there, we're working with artists wherever we can. And we're really hopeful mm. that things can move forward i think mm -hmm. what we're not what we're not pretending is that we're all going to be back in a theater with 100 people mm -hmm. around us yeah, hugging yeah. everybody as we do yeah what we're really trying to draw on is we have skills to make in unusual spaces we have a real passion for bringing everyone else with us on the journey whether that's mm -hmm. communities audiences participants artists freelancers and so we're going to be okay and so is so is the rest of the art scene we are going to be okay but we've just got a big struggle on our hands and mm -hmm. I think in that time it's it's just really important to keep you know lobbying the government for support to keep highlighting how valuable the arts are and and to keep making to keep creating it's so important that we're creating opportunities for artists to be making and not yeah. losing them to other professions which yeah. and, and that it becomes a growing part of the economy as it was before the, exactly before absolutely the i mean my kind of my kind of hope for the future is that at a time when we can't be traveling all around the country we'll be looking more towards our local art scenes yeah you know not i mean of course i want to maintain that national and international outlook and mm. um, that's how we learn by by seeing all these other brilliant experimental artists um but hopefully this will just give us a little little window of opportunity for our local artists to shine for a bit because we are going to need arts and culture to to help our communities heal after this um so as, as hard as it is to survive right now please keep doing what you're doing lovely artists people because we need you <laughs> And I also think your experience in of delivering in non-traditional venues as well will just come in handy in the, in the coming months too. As soon as they let me out, you'll find me somewhere really random. <laughs> the gang of actors, we're just waiting to go. Yeah. You know, you hit me in lockdown too, you found us in the park doing horror with QR codes. Like, as soon as we're out, <laughs> we're <making. laughs> 
Oh, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's it's just been so inspirational. Uh, oh, thank you for having me. Lovely being with you. Do you know what? It's great seeing all the people that you've had on as well. Like literally yeah. all these amazing companies and and artists. We're like, We've been asked. We yes. have <laughs> such a privilege. I know. Oh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> stop it. No, we, we're hopefully playing our r- little role in um, kind of encouraging and promoting yeah. and making connections and all those that kind of things and. And um, that, that's certainly what you're doing as well. So uh, thank you very much. And please continue doing what you're doing because it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, right back at you guys. <laughs> right, um, Caitlin, it's time to wind up the show. And you know our <laughs> listeners love to know what Caitlin's doing in, in the period ahead. So please tell us your plans. <laughs> Bob, I've got a, I'm in for a boring weekend, you know. I'm in work, but it's not boring. It's exciting. I love my job. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, not doing a lot really. Just working all weekend. Yeah, but I, I noticed that you you do quite a lot of kind of uh, positive kind of um, uh, thought, positive thinking, positive uh, energy, all that kind of stuff. So that that keeps Always. you going. That and and cake. If people saw how Caitlin prepares for these podcasts. It's unbelievable the amount of cake. I'm on Viennetta ice cream. You're so 90s. I love that. You only ever got a Viennetta when you got a KFC bargain bucket, didn't you? (laughs) That's where they came from. Is it actually? I didn't know. But yeah, Viennetta ice cream. Who knew? Who knew? Kate doesn't have the Viennetta and Bob's got the jeans. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, throwback Friday. And how, how Caitlin isn't the size of a house, I don't know, because she just eats like a horse. Yeah, I'm with you, Caitlin. This. <laughs> I'm with you, Caitlin. I can eat for England, but like, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm so short and dainty. Everyone thinks I've got hollow legs. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got hollow legs. Bob <laughs> keeps telling me as soon as I hit 30, he was like, you're going to go fat. You are going to go back. I've seen it happen so many times. I hate to break it to you, but I have had to do a lot more exercise. But I'm not saying that's maybe lockdown. (laughs) No. No, you don't need to tell me this. I don't need this negativity. Take the advice advice from the people who know. (laughs) I've got five years yet. I can eat as much as I want for five years. Eat as much as you can before then. (laughs) Thanks, girls. I love that. But thank you so much for coming on. Like, I've literally, I don't know if you've seen my cheeks. I know listeners can't see it, but my cheeks have been like that the whole way through. And and it's only partly cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Right, thanks, Bob. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye now. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.